do? I was hoping you could tell me. Uh. Welcome back to Writing in Real Life, a podcast about publishing, writing, parenthood, and marriage. I'm Barry Liga. With me is my co-host and my wife, Morgan Baden. Morgan, how the hell are you? I'm pretty good. Good? Yeah. Good. Me too. It's been a good weekend. It's been a good weekend, and I am enormously happy. Okay. I'm enormously happy. I know what you're going to say. And I think you know why. Because you read an entire book start to finish today. (laughs) No. Oh. No. No. That is is not an achievement. (laughs) I I am enormously happy because for the first time... In my life, I think, I put out a plea to the internet, oh. and the internet responded in a way that just has lightened my load <laughs> and just makes me so happy. You know, last week, uh, I talked about a book I was reading, The Seduction of Water by Carol Goodman, and I lamented that it's a wonderful title, but it would sound even better if spoken by someone with a British accent. As and I begged, happen. I begged our listenership. I said, please, please, one of our British listeners, I beg you, record an MP3 of yourself saying <laughs> the seduction of water at your most British and email it to us. And as luck would have it. And the internet responded. I know someone with a British accent. Who actually listens to this show. Right. So I'm thrilled <laughs> that this happened. And, uh. I've got to share it with you listeners because it's amazing. It is really amazing. Leave it to Kate who... Uh, wait, wait, wait. Kate? Kate Middleton? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. You're friends with Kate Middleton? And you know what? I'm you know, reading... they never invite us to the palace. I'm actually reading The Royal We right now, so I actually do feel like I am friends with Kate and Will because that book is sort of loosely based on their story. Um, but no, it is my dear friend Kate, who I've known for a long time, um, who lives too far away in London. And and who, who heard my plea. Yeah. And in my most desperate hour, came to me. <laughs> okay. And I'm Try so it. happy. The Seduction of Water. I think you should all know that Barry actually said out loud, I'm just going to leave that saved on my computer so I can play it anytime I want. Yep, yep. <laughs> I I love it. That, that, let's hear it again. The Seduction of Water. The great thing about, I mean, it's a good book. It's such a great title. You know I love this title. It is so much better now. Retroactively, <laughs> that book has become so much better. In fact, I think that book might now shoot to the top of the New York Times bestseller list because, because. Of Kate's efforts. Because it is now, because I made this happen. Oh, because it's I you. asked You're for right. Yeah. It didn't happen until I asked yeah. for it. The Seduction of Water. I'm so happy. <laughs> it's so great. You got to hear it again. Maybe there should be a podcast that's just called British People Reading Book Titles. You know, there probably should be. There probably should be, and that would be awesome. I, I'm so happy. Carol Goodman, you're welcome. You owe me. Uh, that was wonderful. Kate, thank you so much. Thanks, it Kate. seriously made me so happy. It's ridiculous. All right. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I did, in fact, you know, secondarily yeah. read an entire book in one day yeah. today, which was great. So, I guess we will start the podcast sure. with recommended reading or what are you reading now well, since you brought I just it up about it too yeah sure so yeah i read i read an entire book today i sat down and read it start to finish it was great didn't intend to do that just got caught up in it and you were playing with leia all day so mm-hmm. i just laid on the sofa and read this book it is i am the traitor the third and final book in alan zadoff's unknown assassin trilogy 
and I, I've mentioned this trilogy before. Really good book. Alan, man, he nailed the ending. Nice. You know, there's a lot of talk these days, especially in YA, I think, about series that sort of gasp and collapse at the finish line instead of finishing strong. This is this is not one of those. He finished really strong. Really good job. I'm I'm really really pleased with that. It was it was a great read. Good. So, what are you reading? Right I now? am in the middle of the Royal We. The Royal We by Heather Cox and Jessica Morgan, who are the fabulous duo behind Go Fug Yourself, which is one of my favorite websites. Anyway, um, they have another book out, their first one, which I never read, and I didn't plan on reading this one either. It's a loosely, it's a retelling very loosely of um, Will and Kate. Okay. <laughs> and. Uh, um, Again, not the Kate you know. No, not, not <sighs> the Kate I know. Um, which, by the way, I have no interest in the royal family, or I should say I have very limited interest in the royal family. Um, but Twitter was blowing up about this book, my timeline in particular, raving about how great it was. So I was like, okay. So I bought it and started it on a whim, and it is so good. So I've been having really great luck with books lately. I just feel like I've You're hit this on a tear. Of, yeah, I've hit this great winning streak of like everything I'm reading I'm loving. And and this is really wonderful books. So, good. Yeah. Good. Highly the, recommend. The Royal We and I Am the Traitor. Yeah. So I do suggest you read the other two books first. Otherwise <laughs> otherwise you're gonna be really lost with this one. So I wanna talk a little bit about um Writers and social media, which I know is a topic near and dear to your heart. I was just going to say, I don't know anything about that. I want to talk about this because I saw something uh, the other day. There was a comic book that came out a, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, called Strange Fruit, written by a guy named Mark Wade, who is a terrific comic book writer, a guy I really admire. He's done a lot of work that's really famous and well-regarded. Uh, and this comic, Strange Fruit, is, I haven't read the comic, but my understanding is that the premise of it is that a group of aliens come to Earth in the early 20th century. And for reasons, I don't know if these reasons are revealed or not, but in, in the first issue, but they disguise themselves as African-Americans. And Wade is sort of using this fact as ways of commenting on race and America. Okay. Uh, Wade is white. Okay. There are some people who are not happy that he's doing this. They are upset that a white man is telling this story. Okay. Uh, Telling the story of aliens? Well. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So there was some blowback online and people were very upset. And then people got even more upset because he was not responding to the blowback. Uh. People were writing blog posts and saying things on Twitter and he just wasn't answering. Earlier this week, he posted on Twitter, Dear Twitter, I'm sorry that personal issues in my own life don't map to your priorities of what I should or shouldn't do right this second. Oh, nice. And followed that up with snark aside, please give pros the benefit of the doubt that they have to prioritize their own life issues slash crises slash problems as do we all. And this just got me thinking about, you know, the wonderful thing about the internet is that it offers us all immediate Communication. Mm-hmm. The horrible thing about the internet is it offers us all immediate communication. Of course. And so we, re- we expect that if we can immediately connect to person X, that they should immediately connect back to us. Yeah. And I guess I'm wondering, I mean, I haven't had to deal with something of this level uh, that, that Mark has had to deal with. But I'm just wondering, and you are a social media professional in addition to an author, what... With social media engagement, how much is too much? How little is too little? 
when is it right to respond? You know, especially if somebody doesn't directly, you know, for example, if somebody were to tweet directly, hey, at Morgan Baden, your latest book is racist. What do you say? That's one thing. But if it's somebody just writes a blog post and then tweets, I wrote a blog post about at Morgan Baden's racist book. (laughs) You know, like those are two different things. Like yeah. you were at mentioned in both cases, but one is directly addressing you, you yeah. and the other is just telling people this yeah. and you're tagged in it because that's your name on Twitter. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what is, what, what, what is the responsibility or, or what is the most sensible thing for creators, yeah. creative people to do in yeah. this case? It's funny. I, I feel like as you're, as you're telling the story, I'm starting to wonder, like, as our communications tools have evolved, has the expectation of how quickly someone responds evolved as well. So, like, if you used to get a, a handwritten fan letter in the mail, right. like, and you, you wanted to respond, well, A, it would take a week to get to you. B, you would take a week to think of a response back, and then C, it takes a week to get back to them. Under the most ideal circumstances. Right, right. So, like, you know, let's just say best case scenario, three weeks. And then we moved to email, which was, like, Overnight, like you answered your emails as they came in, if you were on top of them. Um, And now I do feel like with Twitter, like there is this reader expectation that you are going to respond within four minutes. Right. You know, and obviously that's insane. People read something, they're offended, and they instantly want satisfaction. Mm -hmm. So, I I mean, what? I'm reminded of the case of, I think her name is Justine Sacco. Yeah. The publicist. Has Justine landed yet? Yeah. And I mean... The poor woman <laughs> was literally was, met at the airport right. with people, like, with pitchforks, essentially, yeah. um, because she was on the plane and didn't respond to a tweet, you know? Like, right. I mean, we were all crazy, basically, is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously for brands, there's a, a level of customer service that has to be met, and a lot of brands have, like, a four-hour rule um, where if you are, uh, if you ask a customer service question, the brand aims to respond to you within four hours. Obviously, with people... That is not always possible. Right. I mean, even I in my personal life, like there are times where there's stuff going on and I can't, of course, pay attention to the things that I should be, that I normally would pay attention to as quickly as I normally would. Um, I, I do think that we've built a, a culture where um, we're very quick to judge, obviously, but also I think we like have we've ruled out this idea that people should take time to process things. Right. Um, and also I think we often forget that sometimes someone's silence means that they're actually gathering information right. in order to properly respond versus running away from the, the issue. Or, or just not caring. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. but also, also, I mean, I, and I think what, what Mark was saying was, I had stuff going on in my life. Well, that's like, I mean, clearly I, I, it sounds like, you know, like there was I, something going on. I, yeah. I can't be on Twitter 24 yeah. seven just because you want, you want me, me to, to be, mm-hmm. you know, and, and especially, you know, with brands, obviously there's a team like at, right. at your job, you have a team of people right. who handle social media. Uh-huh. Like for me, there's just me. Of course. And if somebody suddenly rants about something on Twitter and it happens to be when I'm busy doing something or I'm on vacation or I'm yeah, offline yeah. or whatever. It could be days before uh-huh. I respond to it. And in the meantime, like you say, they're assuming that I'm either running away from it or I just don't care about it. Right. Yeah. And so then the noise increases and right. intensifies and it's stupid. Of course. And there's, and there's also, you know, you don't know, this is maybe a separate issue, yeah. but also I think as, as authors, you don't always know who to take seriously. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, yeah. you know, cause, I, cause anybody can complain and everybody's voice is the same decibel level yeah, online. Yeah. You know, um, you know, from the brand perspective, there are ways of basically prioritizing 
the the queries and the questions you're getting on social media. Right. Um, and it is based on things like, is this media? Is this another brand? Is this a loyal customer? Is that, you know what I mean? Like right. there's all sorts of things. Um, I was even saying today, like I, I, my favorite thing is to find Twitter accounts where the person has like 17 followers, but has tweeted 37,000 times. Right. You know that that person <laughs> is crazy. They're clearly just talking to themselves. Right. Right. And so, you know, when they're tagging you in a post, mm, right. Right. just don't pay attention to it because they're crazy. So but is there, you know. I mean, let me ask you because if, if, you know, is there a resource online that can help individual schmucks like me? learn these things probably not that's too bad that is too bad i mean i know it'd be great if there was something like that online because i think there's something like what what do you mean something to say what you just said like it wouldn't necessarily occur to me to look at the ratio of tweets to followers for example first thing i look at isn't that funny and 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 think oh this person i i I hate to say it this way this person matters or this person doesn't yeah yeah. um by which i don't mean their worth as a human being listeners please don't write to me um (laughs) i just mean in terms of their their ability to to you know foment dissent or rebellion but you know i i just sometimes people will tweet things at me or say things to me and i'm just like i really don't have anything to say about this Uh but do i have to respond yeah and I just, I sort of try to avoid it when people clearly are coming at me wielding an ax mm-hmm. because there's no point, you know? Well, and the funny thing is, is that I've been guilty of this as well in terms of, um, let's say a politician or a company has done something off color or a celebrity and there is this sudden crescendo of people demanding their head right. or demanding an explanation and they're silent for 12 hours or six right. hours or whatever. And I have absolutely been guilty of thinking like, God, just go send a tweet and respond to people right. or whatever. Being on the brand side, like there's a obviously, especially for a brand for a customer service thing, like there's a lot going on in the background. Sure. And we are not like we can't answer something until we have all the information. And so while people are complaining about X, we are investigating A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, which takes time and it's just right. really interesting. I so mean, Apple is famous for this. Yeah. People people will complain about Apple and you'll hear nothing. And it'll be a week wow. before they respond. Yeah. Uh, you know, years ago they had the so-called... Unless you're Taylor Swift. <laughs> Unless you're Taylor Swift. There's an, actually an interesting story about that, uh, that that the guy in charge of her label tells yeah. about how he was trying to explain to Apple, no, no, you've got to pay, you've got to pay. And Apple was just not getting it. And then he like walks out of the meeting, you know, to take a break or whatever. And he gets a text from Taylor saying, don't be angry with a link to her, art, to her article. Huh. And he walks back into the meeting and the guys at and the way he put it, it was that it was different for them to hear it from an artist mm. than from an executive. Yeah, they don't trust the executives. Yeah. They figure the executives are Have just are motives. just grubbing for money. Right. But when they heard it from an artist, yeah. they went, "Oh, yeah. that's also." And and so he texted her back and said, "You did this was exactly the right thing to yeah. do at the exact right moment yeah. in time." I mean, there is a general rule among brand social media, which is that. Um, I'm taking a page right out of my training playbook here. You're trying to build a community, not an audience when you're a brand on social media. And the difference is very stark. And that is that, uh, an audience will watch you fall on a sword. A community will fall on a sword for you. Yeah. So, you know, what's, what happens is if someone is being silent, um, usually that person's supporters are defending or at least saying, Hey guys, chill out, you know? So, Um, and that's what you want to happen, right. of course. But yeah, I do anyway. think I do think uh, 
re- relevant to your point, I do think the the reaction to Taylor Swift is the fastest Apple has ever I'd reacted probably, to anything. Yeah. Well, you know, re- she is our, our like overlord <laughs> of the universe. I mean, it, it is interesting reading this the behind the scenes story that the yeah. guy in charge of her label told. This they'd been working, right. you know, for a week trying yeah. to get Apple to turn around. So yeah. this was like the straw that broke yeah. Camel's back. But yeah, from the outside, it looked like you know she went do this, and they yeah, went yes, yeah. ma'am. Yeah, so yeah. it was kind of, you know, it, it, it's interesting. <laughs> Um, but I do want to say, like, I think generally in the world, we could all benefit by just sort of taking a pause. Yeah, oh, my goodness. You know what it's like? Yeah. It's like the five-minute pause that French mothers give. Yeah, give their babies. Yeah. yeah the like, pause from, yeah. Just everyone take a breath. Yeah. <laughs> when something riles you up, like, calm down for a minute, figure out the facts. There are exceptions, obviously. Sure. Um, but anyway, when we're talking about things like this, like... Well, and I think it's interesting, you know, because you said, like, you know, you've been guilty of this. Like, when a corporation or a brand or a celebrity or a politician does mm-hmm. something, you know, really, really sort of, you know, wh- whether it ultimately turns out to be this way or not, really bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, you feel the urge to pile on, mm-hmm. too. And it just makes me wonder, like, are authors becoming, to some people, are we becoming... Corporations. Corporations and brands and celebrities and politics. Like, are we on that level? Yeah. Which seems really weird to me because unless you are super rich and famous like, you know, Stephen King or J.K. Rowling or Mm -hmm. or somebody like that, you know, most authors, it's just them. They don't have people working for them to help them, you know, figure this stuff out and, and figure out, should I respond to this? Should I not respond to this? So it's... Yeah. It, and honestly, it's something that really worries me because I really feel like in a lot of cases, you can just be, you know, a couple of clumsy responses away from really hurting yourself as a brand. Yeah. As an author. Yeah. I mean, that boils down to in the internet world, are we all brands? Yeah. Which might be beyond the purview of this show. I but, think so. But, okay. I don't feel any better about this yeah. at all. It, yeah. I, I really, it, it feels like a very weird, I know it can make you dangerous feel time. What can, you know what? You're right. <laughs> The seduction of water. That did make me feel better. (laughs) I feel so much better now. Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, I want to talk about something that, that came up just incidentally when we were chatting. And that is, what do you do when you have a great idea, but you're not 100% sure where to go Uh. with it? And this is a little different from, you know, a lot of times we, we have to tell people who would like to be authors, a great idea is not everything, Yeah, you know, a, a, a premise is not enough. Yeah. You have to have something to go with it. But what happens when you've got this great thing and, and you've got like half of it, you okay. know, or like in your half case, for idea. example, not half the idea, oh, but okay. half the execution of it. Or in your case, you had a great idea. We were talking about something and I said, somebody should write a book about blank. And you said, I'm writing a book about that. And I said, really? It, it was, I had no idea. This was something that, that you had started on and you, you were like, you had a couple chapters and you're like, but I'm just not sure where to go after yeah. that. So this wasn't just a one sentence idea you had. Yeah, this yeah. was something you were able to flesh out enough to actually start on, mm-hmm. get a couple chapters going. And then you weren't sure what to do after that. What do you do? I was hoping you could tell me. Uh, yeah. Now, honestly, I don't know. It's one. I think my problem with this is particular item is that um, I think I have a premise but not a plot. And every uh, time I try and come up with a plot, 
it like ventures into wacky sci-fi territory, which is not my comfort zone and I have no interest in it. So I just like, I can't go there. Wacky. Like people like robots throwing pies at each other. That kind of wacky Mm -hmm. sci-fi. Yeah. Okay. That's the title, the working title. (laughs) Robots Robots throwing throwing pies pies. at each other. (laughs) Damn. I want to read that book. (laughs) Actually, that's a new video game. I'm coming up. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Anyway. So, so I don't know. I mean, I literally wrote those two chapters probably four years ago. Yeah. Um, and I I don't know what to do with them. Huh. And I, literally every year. Well, right now you're you're someone who is going through your old notes, right? And looking right. at um, ideas you used to have. Um, stuff well, actually yeah, that was. I was going to save that for updates. But yeah, I mean, in a way, you know, I we'll, we'll sort of combine this with updates, I guess. So my writing update is I'm still on submission. Yeah. <sighs> okay, I'm still on submission. Um, but you know, I've had this Billy Dent novella or short story or whatever, this prequel that I've been working on and yet something has happened and I've stopped working on it. It, It's, it's not that I'm done with it. I just, I just, you know, again, like you said, I was going through my notes, some old notes and I stumbled upon this short story that I started. It had to be 15 years ago at least. And it was about a cop tracking a serial killer, go figure. Uh, but in a world where there were superheroes and he realizes that this, Serial killer has superpowers. So what do you do about that? And it's it's it, it, it was just this story that I had, and I wrote part of it, and chunks of it here and there, and then I never got back to it, and I forgot about it, and then I found it again a couple weeks ago, and I was like, oh, I remember that was a really good idea. The writing's probably terrible, but let me take a look at it. And man, the writing was actually really good. I was really pleased with it, and I was so pleased with it that I've been working on it, which is really weird because it's a really old thing yeah. that I had just sort of given up on. Can I tell you what I think though? Yeah. <laughs> Because that's ever I've, I've never not done that. Um, well, that's what this podcast is about. Yeah, yeah. I I can't help but wonder if this is a procrastination method <laughs> for me. For me too, because yeah. well, I I find that once or twice a year I like to go through all of my old ideas and notes and started you know half started chapters and things like that. And I really just think that's me like mentally wasting time, like subconsciously. But I'm not. But I'm not just. I'm not just killing time by going through old notes. I'm actually working on this story. Well, you are working on it, but I mean, maybe the question is: Should writers be working on stories that they started 15 years ago? Oh, I don't think there's any hard and fast rules as far as that goes. Well, I know there's not, but should there be? No, (laughs) no, I don't. I don't know. I'm just curious. Like, I mean, I think. I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like we all have things that we say we'll go back to that someday. But isn't there a reason we stopped them? Sure. Or never finish sure. them. But one of, I think there's many possible reasons to stop working on something. And one of them could just be, I'm not at a point where I can finish this. One could be, I just don't know where to go with this right now. And those are things that time can fix where you can look back on it years later and go, oh, I know exactly where to go with this now. Uh, or, oh, you know, I, I figured out this problem somehow in the intervening years, mm-hmm. or I've grown as a writer and now I feel like I can actually achieve what I was trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Now, sure. There are also things that we stopped working on because they were never great in the first place, yeah. or we don't feel as passionately about them as we think we did or things like that. And yeah, those things we shouldn't go back yeah. to. I just feel like there's kind of a statue of limitations, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I think each, each work is individual and, and has its own characteristics and can or cannot. No, and I absolutely agree with that. But I, I just think for the most part, probably there are 
very real reasons that we can't even, um, we can't even clarify in our minds, but somewhere in our brains, our brain is like, don't do it. Here's why. And that's why you haven't done it. I, I don't know. I feel like if you go back to something and you find that it is easy to work on it. Yeah. That probably is a good sign. If you go back to something and you sort of have to stubbornly force yourself to work on it just because you're like, I always wanted to work on this and damn it, I'm going to do it because I finish what I start. That's probably not a good sign. I feel like this opens up a whole new question, which is, should writing be easy or hard? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, tough. It, it, it's, it's a very tough question. Yeah. I mean, I've said before... In, in many situations and probably on this very show that when I sat down to write fanboy and goth girl, it was easy. Yeah. It felt so easy. And that's how I knew it was different from the things I'd worked on uh-huh. before. By the same token, you know, I've had, I've had, the, I've had the feeling of working on something and it's hard and it didn't turn out well. I've also had the feeling of working on something and it was hard and it did turn out well. Yeah. And I think, God, at the risk of sounding just ridiculously hair splitting, I think there are different kinds of difficult. You know? Yeah, no, there I, are. I think I think there's the difficult where you really just feel like you're you're just murdering yourself every time yeah, you, you sit, sit down, down to work mm-hmm. on it. And then there's just the kind where it's just a challenge. You know what I mean? Yeah. The difference between the difference between just challenging yourself and being challenged by the work and just something that is just seems interminable and dull, you know, mm-hmm. there, there, there's, there's something that's difficult because, because it's just because it's tough. And then there's something that's difficult because you're just not into it. Yeah. So ideally it should be easy. Well, it would be great if it was <laughs> all of the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, I think when it is easy, that means it's going really well. Huh. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. That's really? funny. Yeah. Uh, Only because I know a lot of writers in the online world, too, are like, this is the easiest book I ever wrote. And then I read it and I was and like, it's oh, terrible. it's terrible. <laughs> and also, you know, it didn't sell and they, you know, like right. they self-published it or, or they just put yeah. it up online or whatever. And you're like, that's no, you know. yeah, so, yeah, that's true. Anyway, that's true. it's funny. All right. We're tackling the big questions here. We are. We are. I, I, and I sort of feel like this episode is backwards because we started... With yeah. recommended reading, it's very strange. It's, yeah. it's a very strange feeling. So let's let's take a quick break for the seduction of water. There you go. Beat this to death, no, aren't you? No, it's impossible. <laughs> it is immortal. It cannot be beaten to death. And let me also point out, by the way, that just because Kate was kind enough to do this does not mean that you other Brits out there cannot get in on this action. <laughs> if other if other British listeners would like to submit their reading of the seduction. Of water. I would be thrilled to get it and we'll <laughs> use it on the show. I want to make this a thing. I want to make this a meme. I want British people everywhere recording themselves saying the seduction of water and making it happen. That's, that's what I want. That's what I want. Make it happen. Loyal subjects of the queen rise up and speak. So there you go. So how about a baby update? Sure. She's still around. I think so. Yes. We've got the monitor here, and she seems to be in she there. She seems to be in there. Well, we sometimes can't, she rolls We can't always tell. Sometimes there, there's this one angle where the camera can't see her in the crib, and like a prisoner planning on escaping, she finds her way to that corner of the crib a lot, and she then does. we can't see her, and it's like, where yeah. did the baby go? But I guess the big update, well, there are, maybe there are a lot of big updates. I don't know. She applauds on command, which she is adorable. Which is awesome. You tell her... 
clap, clap, and she claps, and she's very proud of herself she's for She's so proud. But my favorite thing is that she does it also when you don't tell her. Right. At the funniest times. Right. So. Right. And gets a big grin on her face. Yes. Like, okay, you can start praising me yeah, now. Like, yeah. I, I will accept your praise. Yeah. And I will say, I did see her this week <laughs> in her crib. I was watching her on the monitor, and she was laying in, in bed, not quite napping, and she, out of nowhere, suddenly started applauding herself and got a big grin <laughs> on her face. And I'm just watching the monitor. I'm going, oh, you are kidding me. Wait, is that not normal? I, do I do, do that. that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, the other big thing is that she's standing. She's standing, and, and she is like... Close to walking. Yeah. She, she will it's walk crazy. with assistance. It's crazy. And she loves it. She only wants to be doing that. The good thing about this point right now, and I don't think this will last very long once standing becomes boring to her. Yeah. But right now, like if she's upset about something, oh, yeah. all you got to do is stand her yep. up. And she's instantly the happiest baby in the world. Yeah. Because it's like, dude, I'm standing. This is awesome. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's yeah, great. It's, it's great. really cute. I think in probably two three weeks she'll just be off and running yeah running around yeah, yeah which crawling crawling sort of has not really happened crawling well, you know she does that backwards slide she does thing. this backwards thing it's awesome which cracks her up yeah um because then she's like how did i get here uh-huh. <laughs> because she went backwards uh so that's interesting uh but yeah, yeah. she's just so fun she's so sweet she is in a source of endless entertainment yeah much like a british person saying the seduction of water Endlessly entertaining. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm worried that we've lost, like, all of our listeners this week. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because they just don't want to hear the seduction of water anymore. That's impossible. <laughs> How could you not want to hear it? I want to hear it all the time. I was going to just do nothing but put that on a loop for 30 minutes and make that our episode this week. But you well, talked me out like, of it. Nice. Yeah, that would be nice. By the way, this is our 25th episode. It is. We're wanna, having a quarter life crisis. We're having Maybe quarter, that's what's going we're on. We're having right a now. quarter life crisis. I want to thank everybody for listening for 25 episodes. Yeah. This has been so much fun for us, and we hope it's been fun for you guys. We've we've had a blast. Here's the 25 more episodes, and yeah. 25 after that, and we'll just keep going until somebody comes in and takes the microphone away. Uh, I really thought we were going to do like eight, maybe ten. <laughs> Well, you know, I, just I said early on, I was worried we were going to run out of topics, yeah. but fortunately topics keep coming up and people keep giving us topics and, yeah. and, and it's been great. So yeah. thanks everybody. Thanks, especially Kate. <laughs> and, uh, we, we hope you all like this and we will see you again next week. Make sure you, uh, follow us on, on Twitter at W I R L podcast. Visit us on uh, writinginreallife.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Rate us on iTunes. Send us feedback. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye. This is for you, Barry. I have a picture of the Queen. I have my cup of tea, a crumpet. So the stage is set. The seduction of water.